Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, it's that time of the week, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we all look forward to, you need it, you want it, you have to have it. It's the mailbag section of the podcast. So without further ado, we've got questions on the Bolts, the Bucks, and the Rays. Let's get started, Steve Bursting. All right, John had tweeted us, and he says, The Bucks draft seems to have been about as much about 2024 and beyond as next season. Coupled with the rest of the offseason, 2023 is setting up to be a lot about rebuilding the lines while figuring out who fits into their future roster core. With Todd Bowles on a warm seat as well. Do you agree? Well, let's see. Uh, the box draft is as much about 2024 as 2023. Um, Aren't most drafts that way? I mean, you, you, you draft players and you have them under contract for four years, essentially. Yeah, I mean, to. that's kind of like how, how do you grade a draft, right, when the guy hasn't even walked in the building and people are giving A's and B's. I I think every draft, it's kind of both. I mean, it, high in the draft, like your first few picks, is about right now. I mean, let's be honest. Um, you don't, you know, the owners don't like green bananas. We've talked about that before. I mean, they, they think they should win all the time. And they really are, and I, and especially these guys uh, with the Glazers. But if you get Kalijah Cansey, right, number 19 overall, and you just look at this team, uh, he's starting day one, man. Like, this is a guy's a, a first-team All-American, and he's a three-technique that can absolutely get off the ball and rush the passer and has got speed and, and, and is going to bring something they don't have, right, which is, which is a, a guy that can rush from inside. So is that about next year? Uh, I mean, if you're going to play, now he should be better a year from now. But you expect him to have an impact right away. Same is true if you draft, you know, you go you go to the second round and you get Cody Mock, um, and he's going to start at guard. Is that about next year? No, not really. You know, and, and, and so, you, you know, because you didn't get a tackle – you're going to move worse to left tackle, and you're going to try get a key at right tackle. That's not about next year either. You you, you need those guys to transition quickly. Don't uh, you know? Todd Bowles isn't worried about next year. He's worried about whether he's going to be back a year from now. So I I, I just think that you know yes. Here's here's what it's really more. What's happened to this team is more, really more about the last three years. Instead of the future, it's about the past. They had all this dead money from the Tom Brady era that they had to, you know, get rid of, and they had to get rid of players too because they were, they were the oldest team in the league for a reason. You know, they brought everybody back after the Super Bowl, and and those guys have been around now, and so you have to get younger. Yes, you have to rebuild. I mean, that's but that's everybody. That's everybody in the NFL. You know, everyone is is part of the draft, and so they're all trying to, you know stock themselves for four or five years with young players that can play. Um, I just, 
they are trying to thread the needle. There's no question. But I don't know that they would have drafted differently. I don't know that this you, you look at this and you go, well, you know, they didn't really need certain guys they took this year. It's about those guys will be ready. I think the guys they took high in the draft are going to play a big role right away. And I think they need them to be like Tristan Wirfs was as a rookie. You know, um, if you hit on enough of them, you can have a good this year. You don't have to worry about down the line. Should they be better in a year or two? Yeah. But I think in the NFL, there's only there's only this year. I mean, it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately league. It just is. And coaches have less and less rope. And maybe Jason Light is secure because he's won a Super Bowl and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I, I think it may take them time to hit their stride because there's a new coordinator, there's new quarterbacks, all of that. And maybe that works out and maybe it doesn't. But no, I don't, I don't necessarily think the draft, the draft, it's like Levy Smith, you know, when you, you answer the question with both are true, you know, it's like next year, I go back to this year, but next year it could be about next year. It, it's about every year, you know, um, but they, I I think that if, if you get the top of the draft right, the rest of it kind of falls into place. And so really, what did they need? What did they need right now? Speed. They needed a pass rush. They needed to help the offensive line. Um, they needed a nickel corner. Like right now they need those things. And that's what they drafted. So I think it's about, I think it's about both. All right, Greg asked, with the Bucks drafting a smaller, quicker defensive tackle, could we see the return of a 4-3 defense? I mean, that's just not what Todd Bowles does. Uh, there are looks to his defense that it will appear to be a 4-3. I mean, you know, when you, when you have sort of multiple guys that can play multiple positions move around on the offensive, on the defensive line, and you can stand up linebackers, um, you can give it a four-three look if you want to, right? For the most part, though, Todd Bowles has been a three-four coach. He's going to continue to be a three-four coach. I think what's different is how they're going to do it, and and I and I I called it an involvement of of Bowles's defense, and that is he's always had. You know he's got okay he's got Vita Vea he's like three almost three hundred sixty pounds, and then and then next to Vita Vea the last few years what has he had? Guys that are 330, you know, 340 playing next to him. So those are big sort of takes, you know, four guys to block them, uh, space eaters, you know. Not necessarily quick guys, but guys that just plug it up. Uh, and then your linebackers scrape from there and your, you know, your, deep, your outside linebackers get upfield. And, and that's kind of how the way they played it. With this guy uh, can play a Warren Sapp-like three technique if he wants to. But he's going to be next to Vita Vea, and they're not changing the 3-4 scheme per se. But now they've got a guy uh, who can win off the ball from inside with just quickness, not power. I mean, Vita Vea led the team with sacks with six and a half last year, which was amazing. But he just forklifts guys, picks them up, forklifts them, puts them down in the quarterback's lap. He's got one move. He's not going to run sideline to sideline. He doesn't have great speed per, per se. For his size, he does, but you know he's there to to plug and you know let everybody else fill the hole. Um, I think it's not a four three, but but I think it's going to have more of a, a, a of what 
Tampa fans were used to, which was smaller, quicker uh, players in the front seven. You know, um, that that so so it, the alignment will still be a three four because they like being able to walk guys down and you know change their fronts up, which is a lot easier to do in a three four. You don't necessarily know where everyone's coming from, um, but the personnel is going to be closer to what I think Bucks fans are used for, which is smaller, really fast defense. And and that's what they needed to become. They needed to get faster. Uh, teams were running the ball on them. They would go to the perimeter all the time. They'd make the corners have to tackle. They'd make those big guys have to move, and they'd wear them down quickly. And then you'd have to make full substitutions on the defensive line. And so your rotation had to be really good. You needed depth. And – all that's sort of out the window now. Um, you know, if you know if you can get the penetration and the speed uh, and get off the field, and I, I think that's kind of what they're doing. I, I think not a, not a four three, still a three four, because he does a lot of things out of that alignment. Um, but it, it, at times, it will resemble the old Tampa defense, if that makes sense. It's just because of the personnel, not so much how they're lining up. All right, Michael asks, the Bucks are really trying to thread the needle at offensive tackle. Have they completely closed the door on signing Donovan Smith or any other free agent tackle? You know, it was interesting. So I'm going to Starbucks this morning, <laughs> as I do often, uh, not for coffee because I don't drink coffee. I only drink tea. Is that weird to you? Do you drink coffee? I do, do not coffee drink, drink coffee. Oh, good. Wow, see, we had stuff in common I didn't even know. I don't I don't like now, hot now, drinks. We, like drinks should be oh, ice you don't cold. Like hot drinks. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not I don't like sense. the taste of coffee either, but I I think drinks should be ice cold. Drinks should be cold. Okay, that makes sense to me as well. Maybe on a really cold day I'll get hot chocolate. That's about as far as I go. Um I love the smell of coffee. Absolutely love the smell of it. But uh would lo- wish somebody would get up and make a pot every morning for me just so I could but I I can't drink it. Um, I don't know how I got on this topic. What was the question again? Because there's a point I was going to make here. You're at Starbucks. We're talking about the offensive oh, tackle. That's it. So I was at Starbucks, which that's how we got on a coffee. See, that's why that's why you're you're here for me. Um, so I'm at Starbucks and I look out my window, and I'm I'm kind of driving down the road. Now I'm on the highway, just left, and I see this bike go by, and I just catch out of the right my right eye, Donovan Smith riding a bike, who doesn't live far from me, by the way, up here in Lutz. Okay much nicer neighborhood. So he had gotten on the trail. We have a trail mm-hmm. that goes up to uh, 54 um, from Loose Lake Fern Road. And and so, you know, good news is he's getting some exercise. <laughs> the bad news is he wasn't riding that fast. Um, and so I don't know how much exercise. So somebody floated this idea the other day. They're like, well, you know, now that the draft is over and now that most of the free agent signings are done with, you know, Donovan Smith's still out there, so what say you they go and sign him back but for a much lesser salary? And my thing was, does that mean he's going to play better? Because they didn't cut him necessarily for the salary, although based on the way he was playing, he they didn't feel he was worth it. There's a ton of dead money associated with Donovan Smith right now. So you'd much rather have the player if you're going to pay for him anyway. I, they cut him because he just doesn't – the tape is bad, right? And whether that's, you know, you blame it on the elbow in the first game in Dallas, I mean, whatever that is. 
still in all, they made a, a decision that they don't think he gives them the best chance to win. And I don't think paying a guy less money and saying, well, you know, clearly we're right about your value. No one else thinks that you have that value. So come on back for half price. I don't, I don't think that makes you a better player. Um, so I think it's about, it's about how he plays and the tape is bad or was bad. And they, you got eight years out of the guy. And, and I think they're committed to moving Tristan to left tackle. And no matter what happens on the other side, if Tristan moves to left tackle, there's no place for Donovan Smith. Um, so no, I guess it's a long way of saying, no, I don't, I don't believe, um, that he's coming back here for a reduced salary. I don't know if he's going to play again, to be honest with you. I mean, here's a guy that's made $70, $80 million in his career. He's good, man. I mean, you play eight seasons at left tackle. That's a, that's a long career. I mean, that's, you know, average, what is it, three and a half, four years maybe that you make it in the league. Um, he's done really well for himself, believe me. I know where he lives, and, and life is good for Donovan Smith. Get on his bike and ride the trail and go up. You know, watch me leave Starbucks. But, um, no, I, I don't think that uh, that Smith will be back and watch they'll sign him tomorrow. But I, I truly don't think that's going to be the case. All right, Oliver tweeted us. He says, how do the Bucks approach player support for cases like those of Shaq Barrett and Matt Bryant? Is there any policy from the NFLPA regarding family bereavement? Um. I'd have to check with the CBA. I, I am I am sure as in most, you know, situations, you know, uh you you can take uh if you're grieving and and there's a death in the family, um I I'm pretty sure they don't withhold your pay. Now we're not in the season, so no one's getting paid right now. Um so and everything is voluntary. So he's not missing anything, just kind of the time of the year it is. Uh, so I, I think like, you know, they had a situation a year ago where, um, I guess they had what, uh, Kate Otten's mom died and he ended up missing a game. You know, he went out uh, to the memorial, whatever. I want to say he missed the game. I don't think they docked him a game check. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I would imagine that there's a provision for that. Could be wrong. Have to check the CBA. It's a good question, uh, but I can't. I can't imagine that would be the case. As far as like player support, um, I re- the Matt Bryant thing was terrible. If you're not familiar with the story, um, he had a young son, and it essentially was, for lack of a better term, a crib death, um, where uh, based on a position that he got himself into, he, he uh, asphyxiated somehow, I, I believe, and. It was horrible because it was a young infant uh, where that occurred. His name was Trey, which I thought was appropriate for a guy whose dad kicks field goals. Um, and if you recall, like, Matt Bryant went out and, and decided to play the next week, and he kicked the longest field goal of his career. I believe it was a 63-yarder against Philadelphia to win. And that's the one where you hear, you know, Gene Deckerhoff screaming, you know, 
Matt Bryant, you're my hero. The Bucks win the old-fashioned way. I'm thinking the old-fashioned way. What, they used to kick 63-yard field goals all the time? And then Hardy Nickerson is the color uh, analyst, and, and uh, uh, <laughs> it's so funny because Gene goes, say hallelujah, and Hardy goes, hallelujah. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> but it was an incredible – I mean, there's a shot of Donovan Smith who had just brought the Eagles down for the go-ahead touchdown, right? The Bucks get the back. They got seconds left, and they barely make it, you know, across the fifty-yard line. And here's Bryant's never lined up for a kick this far and makes it. And um, then I think the mayor they declared the next week Matt Bryant day or week in Tampa. I don't know what it was. Pam Iorio, who the mayor was, but um, in that case, um, you know, look, they they'll provide counselors up any support that you can fathom. Uh, I mean, they, the NFL has at its disposal, the players association as well. Um, so, and, and I know this organization, they're going to put their arms around the Barrett's and the Barrett family any way they can. Now, you know, nothing you do or say, um, is going to change the circumstance, but just, yes, you want them to know that they're completely supported. We're not in season. It's all voluntary, so it's not as if you're saying to Shaq, hey, don't worry, big guy, you don't have to play this week. We'll, we got you. Um, so so the timing of it is a little different. But in as much as whatever resource that, that the Bucks or, or the NFLPA can can have at his disposal to help his whole family and not just him, you've got other children involved that have been, I imagine, traumatized by this, and, and you know, they had four children all together. Um, this is going to be something that, yeah, the Bucks will will definitely make him and and his wife Jordana aware that they are there for anything they need, and um, you know I don't know that they'll have to you know take advantage of that or not, um, but they're pretty good, and especially of you know I remember, you know, I mean when these things happen they're they're unfathomable right the death of the child but I mean this is occurred on a couple of levels. Of course, we all remember Tony Dungy lost his son James to a suicide in, when he was coaching in Indianapolis. Um, you know, they had the funeral in Tampa because that's where Tony lived. And the entire Colts team flew down here and was at that church for that memorial service. And that meant so much to him. And even though he was coaching in Indy, the entire Bucks organization was there as well. And I think the guy that, that I saw who grieved the hardest during that, during that ceremony was, was Malcolm Glazer. So, you know, family guy, um, his family owns a team now, his sons and, and, and Darcy is his daughter and, and Linda, his wife, they will, they will do anything for the Barrett family and they will make him them aware very early on. I'm sure they already have, um, that they're there for them for whatever they may need. And, it's not financial, obviously, in this case, but just they'll support them. Uh, but a little different because it's not during the season. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that the NFLPA and the league probably have some provision for a bereavement or, you know, the death uh, like that in a family that, um, you know, you, you're going to be taken care of and in any way they can take care of them. But, yeah, it's just, again, I'm still – I had trouble sleeping last night and I woke up about four or five o'clock in the morning and then I couldn't go back to bed because I just thought about, you know, what would the next day, what would any day look like after that? And, 
No, it's going to be a long time, you know. But they're they're people of of strong faith. Uh, I know Shaq is, Jordana is, and I mean, I think, you know, there's three other children that they also have to, um, you know, be concerned with, and as a family, have to have to come to deal with this. But there's going to be some some really dark days ahead, and that's where I think that the organization has, you know, pretty much made it very clear that they're there for them, and and they will be. But uh, you know, officially. Uh, contractually like that those are things that are not issues now simply because it's the off season but it had it not been I think they would have I think he would have been fine all right Joe it tweeted us he says could you see the Bucks being aggressive next year in the first round like the Panthers were this year and trading up for a quarterback assuming they don't land the first pick we all know the Glazers like to swing big and the top two quarterbacks next year are big time well, assuming they lose, I mean, they would, you know, you've got to lose a lot of games to get the first or second pick in the draft. You just do. Um, well, we asked about being aggressive, like trading up next year. Yeah, it depends on how far. I mean, it's easy to say, let's trade up and, and, you know, where are you coming from? I mean, obviously, it's different if you're at 19 trying to get in the top five or the top two, much less. You know, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, you know, San Francisco moved in the first round. To get Trey Lance, it cost him three number one picks. And Trey Lance hasn't played yet any substantial time, you know, substantial time. So um, at what price? No, do they go all out? You know, first of all, you'd have to have a team willing to deal that pick. Uh, And if they are, because they have a quarterback, they have to be willing to deal it to you. You'd have to blow someone's socks off. I think they're going to win too many games this year to be in that derby at all. I don't think they're going to be able to discuss it because – Unless I miss my guess, I mean, if they win seven, eight, nine games, they may win the division again. I think these teams are even in the NFC South. Um, I personally would give the edge to the Saints. Some people think it's Carolina. Others think that Atlanta is going to be better. But in any case, um, you know, I I, I think they're going to win too many games to, to, to be in a position to move all the way to the top two picks. And that's what we're talking about with these quarterbacks. Well, you got to be either one or two. I think you also have to take into account, what if Baker Mayfield pulls a Geno Smith this year? Well, you're very, that's what they're hoping for. And, and, that, and, that, and if he him. does, they've, they've won a ton of games and you resign yeah. them, right? Or what if Kyle Trask wins the job or has to come in because of an injury that and flourishes like a Brock Rips Purdy, it. like, you you know. Yeah. Unexpectedly. Best scenario. Great scenario. You know, so I, I think, you know, looking ahead to next year going, well, are they going to go big? I think you have to kind of let this year play out. Because mm-hmm. you don't, you Absolutely. don't know what a, you don't know what's behind door number two. Door next number year. two. I mean, right. maybe there's another big free agent quarterback, a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type that is available next year. You don't you never I mean, know. You know, and, and interested in you. I mean, that's, it's a two way street in that regard. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I, I have no doubt that if the Glazers feel that there's a top quarterback next year and, and they need one, that they would try to go after it. Mm-hmm. We know they're big game hunters. We've talked about that many times. But until yeah. this season plays out and you see what, what's ahead next year, it's kind of hard to predict that you'll definitely do that. Well, and keep in mind, this is an organization that has drafted a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of quarterbacks even number one, mm-hmm. and that none of them have gotten to a second contract. And so, you know – the two Super Bowls they won, one was very much a defensive effort, um, but it was with a free agent in Brad Johnson that was a quarterback. And then, of course, the last one they won was a free agent in Tom Brady. So, 
whether they're, you know, in the picture to even draft a guy, you'd have to really lose a lot of games. And then, you know, you have this history of that not really taking shape for them. Um, and I know there are other programs, you know, like the Colts went the retread route for years and years, and now they're like, you know, they lost enough to where they got a high pick and they took uh, Richardson from Florida um, because they they were tired of the free agent game uh, and they wanted to draft and develop their own guy. That's the best way to find a quarterback is to be lucky enough to, you know, to be in the top 10 pick and draft and develop a guy. Um, but you, but if you ask the coaches or the, or the GMs or whatever, Hey, would you like a top five pick to try to get a quarterback next year? The answer is always no. I don't want to lose that many games. If I, if I have a top three, top five pick for a quarterback, I just came through one of the worst years that we've ever had. And, and none of them want that. And, and coaches get fired when that happens and GMs get fired. when that. So, you know, um, I don't, I don't see that happening, but, yeah, it's. I, I'm with you. I think I think their hope is in Baker Mayfield, um, having enough pedigree and production to to this to work, and even though they have some older players, they bring in some younger guys around him, and if it's not Baker, it's Trask who they did draft for this purpose. If he wins the job, that's even better. Um, you've got your quarterback of the future. But until you exhaust those two things, it is hard to know. You know, you're not going into the season saying, hey, you know, l- let's tank for Tua. You know, I mean, this is not one of those type of, of situations because, again, Todd Bowles can't afford – I don't. If, if they were in that position to draft a quarterback next year, I'm not sure Todd's going to coach them. So they're going to try to win, and they're going to try to win now, and I don't think they can count on getting a top whatever quarterback in the first round next year. All right, we got more questions here, but just in a minute, I want to uh, remind you guys how to save money now on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. How long? Well, they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, plus with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances, that's what they're calling the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install to uh, customize it for your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there on the roof uh, hammering in those solar panels, those are Billy May's guys, and you know who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of those appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. We'll get to a couple lightning questions here, but first I wanted to drop just a uh, stat on you here. Mm -hmm. So we discussed last night the, well, at the time, the Kraken were leading with the Avalanche out of the playoffs. The New York Rangers were just eliminated by the Devils. So the first of all, the odds-on favorite now to win the Stanley Cup is Toronto. (laughs) <laughs> believe it or not and it, One it, it could win <laughs> it, there's a good chance now it could be an all canada final edmonton versus toronto Ooh, they're probably the two favorites you know. in each conference at this point or potentially It'd be tough to stomach eh <laughs> it would but of the last 16 stanley cup champion none of those franchises are currently in the playoffs Ooh. 
Ooh, that's a stat and a half. The 22 the abs. Day, DeBarl Dan Patrick here. The 22 abs, the 20 and 21 lightning, 19 blues, 18 caps, 17 and 16 pens. The Hawks in 15, 13, and 11. The Kings in 14 and 12. The Hawks in 10. Um, Bruins in 11. Uh, the Pens in 9. Wings in 8. The Ducks in 7. The 06 Carolina Hurricanes. The last Stanley Cup champ that still has a team. Goodness in gracious. The that is a, of the NHL. That's a crazy stat. That is really so, good. So whoever wins this Stanley Cup, it'll have been at least 16 years since that team had won. New blood, yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. But we did get a few uh, lightning questions here, so since their season's Mm -hmm. over, and we're efforting to get Eduardo Encina on this week, too. Yes. Uh, Julian Brisebois will have his uh, season-ending press conference this morning at 9 a.m., following by uh, some of the players will speak as well, and John Cooper, so we'll kind of get their thoughts after they've had a couple days to uh, reflect on the season and, and what happened in the Toronto series, but... Mm-hmm. AJ asked, what's the Lightning's plan to get back to making a cup run next season? I feel like Perry, Belmar, Maroon might be aging out, and they need more depth on defense. Perpix and Radish are promising young guys, but the lack of depth behind Hedman and Chernak showed against the Leafs. I'm not sure I disagree with anything he just said. Did you? Uh, no, I mean, they... and, and, and look, their plan is, it's. I mean, it's quite simple. They have a core of Andre Vasilevsky, of Victor Hedman, of Nikita Kucherov, of Steven Stamkos, of Braden Point, of Mikhail Sergachev, right. uh, Eric Chernak and Anthony Sorelli, all under contract for next year, all locked up long-term, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your core. Most of them in their prime. Stamkos mm-hmm. is 33, Hedman's 32, but the rest of them, Nikita Kucherov's 29, Point's 27, Sorelli's 25, Chernak's 25, Sergachev's 24, um, you know, Brendan Hagel's 24, Nick Paul's 28. I mean, most of these guys are in their prime. Their, right. their plan is we have our core. Now we got to find the pieces to fit around it. And that's what every team has to do in a salary cap league is mm-hmm. once you get that core and you start winning and they're all getting paid, it's finding those yep. pieces. Lock up um, your stars. Yeah. Your unrestricted free agents off this team are Alex Kalorn, who I don't think will be back. Although, if he wants to take a, a low enough number, maybe the Lightning do bring him back. He made $4.45 million for the last seven or eight years. Pierre-Edward Belmar and Corey Perry are both unrestricted free agents. They're 38 and 37 years old, respectively, right now. Right. I could see both of them retiring, potentially. I don't mm-hmm. know if the Lightning would bring either one of those guys back. Right. Michael Aceman is a unrestricted free agent as well. Uh, I think they'll try to bring him back. I mean, he'll he'll be at a small number. I think they like him. Ian Cole's an unrestricted yep. free agent. Made $3 million last year. I don't think he's back. Uh, the Agreed. hardest part is is Eric Chernak, Anthony Sorelli, and Mikhail Sergachev are, Sergachev are getting huge bonus, or contract raises this year. Right. Uh, Sergachev's going up from 4.8 to $8.5 million. Chernak's wow. going from two, almost $3 million to 5.2. Mm. And Sorelli's going from 4.8 to 6.25. So I think it's like five to six million dollars increase in those three guys alone, salary wise. Right. Um, Brian Elliott is an unrestricted free agent as well. I think they're going uh, to. My guess is he's going to retire. He's thirty-eight now, uh, yeah. but he could he could come back. But I think they're going to need yeah. to fill those pieces. Ross Colton's a restricted free agent. So is Tanner Janot. Um, 
and we have another question, will Tanner Janot be back next year? I believe that he will be. Now, both those guys have arbitration rights as well, so you don't quite control their salary at this point. No, um, but at least they're not free agents. So yeah, you, you know, right. I mean, so you sh- you can have them back now if the number's too high. You can either not qualify them and let them go to free agency. Uh, Pat yep. Maroon does have one more year left on his deal, so he'll be back next year. But the whole decor is under contract except Ian Cole. But I mean, really, their plan is: here's our core. Let's find pieces around them, Build and you don't know who's going to be around, and make another run at it. I mean, yeah. You know, I think today we're going to find out what the injuries were on this team. I, I think Braden Point was probably a lot worse than we think. I think so. Um, Eric Chernak, of course, has been out since game one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Victor Hedman's been hurt all year, but, you know, we've all kind of thought some. that it, it's not 100%. And uh, there'll be a bunch of surprises, too. There'll be two or three guys you didn't know were hurt, though. Absolutely. Hurt. What happened to AC Mont in that first round? I mean, he missed some games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, presumably hit to the head, but you never know. I mean, and yeah, what other injuries are there that we didn't know about? Sure. Um, but I, I think their plan is basically we have our core. Um, you know, we need to find some, maybe some new pieces for the bottom six. Maybe there's some yep. young guys coming up from Syracuse. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, Perbix and Radish were, I, I don't want to say surprises for them because I'm sure they, they thought highly of them, but I don't know if they expected either one of those two to, to do as well as they did as the quickly they as did, they did yeah. at the NHL yeah. level. Um, right. You know, I, They're part I, of the core coming forward. Yeah, I mean, it, it, all of a sudden, your right side of your D, the left side's always been the strength of this Lightning team. It's always been Hedman and McDonough and Sergachev for years now. And mm-hmm. it was the right side where you had Chern, you were developing Chernak and growing Jan Ruda. Then you've got Zach Bogosian, and you know, you're trying to find other pieces. Now on your right side, you've got Eric Chernak, and then you've got Perbix and Radish. Those are three solid right-handed defensemen. Three solid, now, yeah. You know, has Perbix and Radish reached their peak? I hope not, and I don't think so. You know, they're a little older to be rookies. I mean, Perbix is twenty-four because he went through college, and, and Radish is a lot older. He's actually twenty-seven. Um, he's actually what the next year he'd be the third oldest defenseman on the team. Mm. I mean, only Bogosian and Hedman are older than him. Ian Cole is too, but I, I don't think he'll be back. Um, at three million, they I don't think they can afford Ian Cole, assuming that's what he would want next year too. So, right. But I, depth but is I mean, when you have a salary cap. Depth is an issue. Once you start getting players that are have been success, as successful as the Lightning have, and they they want to get paid. Yeah. And so that depth is you constantly need young guys to step up or to find some diamonds in the rough that other teams couldn't put in the right position and and they thrive. The yeah. biggest thing is that window has not closed. That window is still there because of the players you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And even though Stamkos and Hedman, some of those guys are getting obviously closer to the end than the beginning, they're still very good players, you know, plus, plus players. And with the core that you just named, I mean, there's no reason to think that they can't add around those guys and, and be a contender instantly uh, again next year. I, I don't think this window is shut yet by any means. For the Lightning, so well, that's that's the that's the good news, mm-hmm. and that's why the Lightning have locked in so much of this core, and, and even traded for guys like Nick Paul, who you yeah. signed to seven years at three point one five million. That's a good deal. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think he had quite as good of a season as you hoped. I I, Needs to I score believe, more. Yeah. I believe he was probably hurt some this year, and I, we may find that out today. He as might well. be one of those guys, right? You know, you traded for Brendan Hagel, who's at one point five million for this year and next, and then we'll be in RFA after Brilliant. that. 
You know, Brilliant. Tanner Janot was making eight hundred thousand this year. You know, what's his number? Maybe one, two. Although he didn't have the best year this year, particularly offensively. Right. Starting in Nashville and then you know in Tampa, wasn't here a long time. Yeah. Either. So you know, could you get him for one, two? Maybe you know that's a good number for the Lightning. Uh, Ross Colton's an RFA. He was making one point one two five. What his number mm-hmm. goes up to, you know, is it one five, one six? You know, we'll see. But you know, it's finding those guys that you can get under control for a few years at a small number. You know, Nick Perbix yep. has two more years at one point one two five. Um, you know, you know, it's 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 finding those guys. That's how you have to stay relevant in a salary cap world, particularly as the f- salary cap in the NHL has been flat for since the pandemic. Essentially, I mean, the hardest part for these teams is, you know, as teams were planning four or five years ago as they're signing players, you're expecting that cap's going to go up two, three million a year. Well, when it didn't for the last three, four years, and it's you know at most going up a COVID related, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, the guys like Ryan McDonough, you can't fit into your cap. Mm-hmm. His number of what, six point whatever it is, six point five, six seven, whatever his number is, had the cap continued to go up like you had planned, was actually looking like a steal at that age. Mm-hmm. But it's not now. Nick Paul at three point one five million in three four years from now, if he continues to to progress the way you hope, that's going to look like a steal. Because you locked him in early, as the cap keeps going up, and that becomes a smaller percentage of the cap hit. You know, so it's, but that's how you stay relevant, and that's those are organizations' plans: find that core that you can win with, and then figure out the pieces around them. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. All right, we had some Rays questions. We'll get to those later in the week for sure. Speaking of the Rays, they start a series against the surprising Pittsburgh Pirates who are looking an awful little Rays-like themselves, to be honest with you, um, from years gone by. So uh, they're off to a good start. So it should be a good series. And unfortunately, G-Man tropi- Choi is hurt. So he'll yeah, be here but not playing. So Would have been nice to, to have him get an at-bat and a standing ovation and whatnot. Um, coming up uh, for the weekend, uh, I, did I see where the TROP is going to expand and open up the 300 level for the Yankee series, I believe? They are opening up the 300 level first time since, what, 18 or something, I think I saw? Yeah, man. Yeah. Can I can I be honest with you? When, when, when I'm a paying customer, if I go there with my family, especially when my son lived in town, we would go. You know, the, the mo- my most favorite place to sit was behind home plate in the 300 level. Mm-hmm. I loved it up there. Yep. Thought it was the best view that there was, especially, you know, for the money. Um, and I understand economically and, and otherwise why they shut down some of that stuff. But, man, they've been drawing well, um, with the exception of maybe the Houston series. They've been drawing really well at home. So, you know, Yankee fans going to come out. Even though Yankees, man, they did I see where they're like, like in last place in the American League East? Uh, I believe Aaron I think. Judge on the IL now. Woof. Yeah, he's got like a hip or something going yep. on there. Yeah, so he's on um, the the IL now. Yeah, Yankees uh, at five hundred in last place of the division, fifteen and fifteen. Yikes, man! Lost four in a row. Start spreading the news, baby. 
Well, I'll start spreading the news there in last the place. The Rangers are done. I mean, you know, uh, TNT and ESPN went from hoping for an Islanders-Rangers uh, conference right. semifinals to the Hurricane Devils. Yeah, show you how smart I am. I, I declared New York the new Champa Bay. <laughs> Uh, maybe in the fall when Aaron Rodgers starts playing, who knows? By the way, Andre uh, Palat had a filthy uh, split of a double team and then passed to set nice. up their first goal tonight against uh, nice. the Rangers to McLeod. It was uh, beautiful. And Jacob Truba, another clean hit. Duh. He absolutely uh, lined up Timo Meyer, who was skating from with six the puck feet with his away. Head down, yeah, lined yeah. him up and shoulder to head. And you could say and his head no was down, no but penalty. his head was down the whole time. You knew it the whole time. You were lined lined right. him up for it. He lined his um, up with his shoulder and too. Like he he wasn't, you know, not even a penalty called. Yeah, is it possible you can get fined without a penalty? Yeah. Oh yeah. Will they review it. Yeah. That you can get suspended. You can get suspended without a penalty. That's what I mean. It wouldn't shock me if the league. Although took a look I mean, at their season's over now, so. I mean, well, if he gets suspended, it'll be you know, matter now, a couple but... games next season to start the season. But... Yeah, yeah. No, that was an egregious hit. I, I, I don't I, know why they don't call I it know season. hockey has a love of hitting in the fans, but I don't understand any sport today that is okay. With headshots. With, right? with headshots that could potentially end seasons, careers in that. Why right. do you want to take your stars off the ice for an unnecessary play? It's not like right. it's I not went and sacked the, the quarterback and his head hit something, and you know and that's a mm-hmm. part of the game. That hit could right. have easily been avoided. Right. He lined him up. There was no need for that hit. I, that's what I don't. I don't. You know, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be shots that happen in the course of play, but that was intentional and lined up and and totally avoidable. And, and I just don't. I don't understand why leagues are still okay. and and quite frankly, why players associations are okay with it. Well, and that's the thing. Okay, like, and, and I've never understood this. Like, you see, even in football, particularly in hockey, you see a dirty hit like that or whatever. You're like, dude, whose side are you on? Like, that guy has potentially a family to go home to. This is how he makes his living. Children, whatever. You're all players, don't you? Want to protect each other? I never got that. Like, well, winning takes you know we lose our heads and we start trying to target guys in the head like you're all players that you should you should understand how valuable it is to stay on that ice and stay healthy and not have to worry about headshots and then you go and lay one on a guy and he's just out there doing his job man you know like i i never understood why you'd want to hurt another player or want to have an illegal hit like that and potentially damage his career when you're all looking for the same thing you're all trying to do the same thing you might have different uniforms but it's you really got to look out for each other and unfortunately, that that doesn't always happen in sports. Anyway, we'll have uh, the uh, mailbag questions more about the Rays uh, coming up. If you want to submit some more, you got time to do that this week. You can send it to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay dot com. For Steve Burstein, Comic Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 